Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, the ongoing United Auto Workers corruption scandal deepens as the union desperately seeks to avoid a federal takeover. FedEx's leadership has it out with the New York Times reporting on its involvement with the 2017 tax reform bill, and Politico reports on part of the story at Arabella Advisors. Well, that paid leave deal didn't last long. Two weeks after taking a paid leave of absence amid an ongoing federal investigation, and the same day that the United Auto Workers Executive Board initiated removal proceedings against him, UAW President Gary Jones resigned his position. The Detroit News reports that Jones is embroiled in the wide-ranging federal corruption probe into kickbacks and embezzlement in the UAW leadership. Federal agents raided Jones's house earlier this year, and the news identified Jones as linked to a million-dollar dues embezzlement conspiracy in federal prosecutors' submissions, though the government has yet to file charges against him. But that isn't all the news on today's Detroit News front page involving the UAW corruption scandal. General Motors is suing Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, a.k.a. FCA, under the federal racketeering statute, arguing that Fiat Chrysler colluded with the UAW to rig labor negotiations to force GM to allow Fiat Chrysler to take over the company. Fiat Chrysler denies wrongdoing. In a statement, General Motors alleged that GM was chosen as a target by FCA. We were denied benefits that FCA received. They were in a position to obtain benefits through those labor relationships which were procured through fraud and bribery. Those allegations sit uneasily with the previous reassurances, then-UAW President Dennis Williams, who also has had his house raided by federal investigators, and whose UAW-funded retirement cabin has been a source of controversy, gave to union members after the guilty plea of Fiat Chrysler executive Al Iacobelli. Quote, There is simply no truth to the claim that this misconduct compromised the negotiation of our collective bargaining agreement or had any impact on union funds. And Jones's ouster sits uneasily with the descriptions of him made by UAW officials at the time he was chosen as UAW president to succeed the embattled Williams. Detroit Free Press reported UAW officials described Jones as, quote, a steady hand who can effectively navigate the organization through times of change and uncertainty. Instead, Jones allegedly had his steady hand in the till. Underneath all the shuffling at the top is the specter of a federal takeover of the Union under a racketeering decree, like the one used to break the Mafia's control of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. While federal prosecutors have yet to divulge their intentions, observers increasingly are assessing that the Union's efforts to contain the fallout as the scandal's scope widens in light of the possibility the Feds might take a Teamsters-style approach. FedEx, one of a number of private courier companies that will actually get packages to you, is piping mad at the New York Times. The Times made FedEx the poster example of the supposed failure of corporate tax relief in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, a.k.a. tax reform, to spur investment while enriching big business. FedEx CEO Fred Smith, who had publicly argued in favor of the tax reform bill, was targeted for special opprobrium by the Gray Lady. In his reply, FedEx CEO Smith alleged that the Times had paid no corporate tax in 2017. Times attacked FedEx for returning profits to shareholders in the form of stock buybacks. As National Review's Jim Garrity noted, those shareholders include mutual funds held by millions of individuals, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's endowment managing entity, and various pension funds. In short, the 99% benefit from FedEx or other companies rewarding shareholders. In a Wall Street Journal op-ed, Smith noted a number of investments FedEx has made in American products and the jobs they support and argued for the passage of trade liberalization legislation to solve recent slowdowns in corporate investment. 
He further affirmed his company had paid $10 billion in U.S. taxes over the past five years. Shilling for liberal tax policy is part of a pattern of the Times pushing liberal policy, and in another one of Influence Watch's deep dives into historical trends, our profile of the Grey Lady shows it wasn't always this way. In the 1970s, the conservative journal National Review concluded that the paper's coverage of the Nixon administration was, quote, so even-handed it must have been deeply dismaying to the liberal opposition. After the editorship of Howard Raines in the early 2000s, observers were calling the Times, quote, a political consulting firm for the Democratic Party. Since Raines' departure in 2003 amid the Jason Blair plagiarism and journalistic fraud scandal, the Times' approach has not returned to the 1970s model, instead sticking to de facto fan service for a staunchly liberal readership. As our profile demonstrates, the Times has responded to recent political developments by doubling down on bias, with reports the paper, quote, built its newsroom to cover investigations of the 2016 presidential campaign of Donald Trump and propagated a misleading narrative to deem quote, the true founding of America as the first transportation of enslaved Africans to British North America in 1619. For more on the history and present of the second most circulated paper from New York, go to influencewatch.org and type New York Times in the search bar. Give Politico, a Roslyn, Virginia-based trade publication for political types, credit. The paper wrote that the 2018 tax returns of the 1630 fund, quote, reveal the massive dark money group boosted Democrats in 2018 they could have gone much further. Even quoted one campaign finance lawyer asking, quote, is this part of a dark money network, and what's its function? In the spirit of fraternal correction, let us begin with 1630 Fund's second largest donation, of over $26.7 million. Under federal tax law, organizations don't have to disclose to the public who gave them money, only how much. But organizations do have to disclose to which organizations they gave money. And a look at the new Venture Fund's tax returns shows a contribution of over $26.7 million from new Venture Fund to 1630. But identifying 1630 Fund's second largest contributor doesn't increase transparency all that much, because, spoiler alert, the answer to the question the lawyer posed to Politico is yes, 1630 is part of a dark money network that also involves new Venture Fund. As my colleague Hayden Ludwig identified in his report, Big Money in Dark Shadows, Arabella Advisors' half-billion-dollar dark money network, New Venture Fund is the 501c3 charitable arm of the 501c4 lobbying and political advocacy 1630 Fund, under the auspices of Arabella Advisors, a philanthropic consultancy and organization management firm run by former Clinton administration official Eric Kessler. There are two smaller funds in the network for good measure. So, how does Arabella work? Hayden Ludwig describes... Quote, according to the nonprofit organization's tax returns between 2013 and 2017, the Arabella Network received a staggering $1.6 billion in contributions, which it has used to advance its donors' agendas through dozens of front groups and astroturf initiatives. The Arabella Network of Funds is also growing rapidly. From 2013 to 2017, the network's revenues grew by an incredible 392%. Arabella's network often plays host to highly influential groups on the left, for example, the Democracy Alliance, a network of donors co-founded by billionaire George Soros, has used the New Venture Fund and 1630 Fund to host at least eight projects that don't disclose their original funders. Further, Ludwig writes, quote, Some of the nation's largest grant-making institutions, including the Rockefeller, Packard, and Kellogg Foundations, are donors to funds managed by Arabella. Remains unclear why such large and powerful institutions seek outside philanthropic consulting, 
but presumably a significant part of Arabella's appeal lies in its ability to obscure large financial transactions. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.